Friday, July 10th, and my name is Joe Batanz, and I am the host of the show called This Joe Batanz. Now, usually this is a, a show that's available only for This Joe Batanz and Up, but this is a very special episode, and it's going to be available to everybody, so you can all know what's been going on this week. And it's all going to happen right here on This Joe Batanz, right here on Afterthought Media. said at the top of the show, my name is Joe Batant, and I am the host of a show called This Joe Batant. And today it's going to be a very special episode available to all tiers at Afterthought Media, where we're going to talk about what's happened to me this week. For those of you not in the know, I lost uh, my two remaining grandparents to uh, coronavirus, actually. And we're going to talk about all of that, what happened. Uh, yeah, and, and, you know, usually this Joe Batanz has a 20-minute uh, time limit. That's how much time I have. And I was telling someone today, I said, listen, we're going to do a very special this Joe Batanz episode all about what happened. And uh, there's going to be no time limit. It's because, you know, I didn't do this Joe Batanz this week. And uh, so in theory, I think it, now I'm not going to do 80 minutes but in theory it should be about 80 minutes about how much this it's tw- it's a 20 minute show four times a week so uh yeah in theory if i was gonna give people the bang for their buck i'd give them an 80 minute show i don't think i look i'm just gonna go the natural length of the show that's what i'm gonna do okay if it's 80 minutes it's 80 minutes if it's 25 minutes if it's, i don't know whatever in the natural length that's what i'm gonna go so, um, I may be repeating elements of this story because at certain points, <clears throat> uh, things didn't look that serious. And so there were parts that I was probably jokey about and, uh, you know, what's going on. And I don't know. I really don't know what I talked about and what I've talked about. And it's all kind of a blur. But, um, uh, Sunday, uh, June something, the week after Father's Day. Uh, it was actually, if you, if you, if you participated in or listened to the Pride 48 event, the night of the Pride 48 event, at Pride 48 had finished, it was all done, all said and done, and, uh, I was just hanging out, I was having a really good night, and my parents called me, and they were in, in a great deal of distress. Well, you know what, I should, hold on, I'm gonna go back 3,000 steps, now that I tell the story, I'm realizing, gosh, it went even back even further. So, and it's actually kind of, you know, there, and, and today is going to be a lot of like funny stories and humorous, like kind of Joe Batanz and his parents' stories, but also, you know, obviously sad things. I, I lost uh, my two remaining grandparents to coronavirus. So there's obviously going to be some not so happy parts. But actually, even before that, the maybe the week, but maybe right after Father's Day, my brother calls me on the phone, kind of in a, in a, I wouldn't say a panic, but very anxious. And he says, 
do you know if mom and dad are going to go see grandma and grandpa this week? And I said, you know, I don't know. They usually try to go about once a week to visit them, but it's hard to tell because there was something going on. I hear what it was. I don't know. I don't remember what it was, but I remember, I remember thinking it was going to be hard to tell whether they were going to go or not. And, um, he goes, well, they can't go. They can't go. Right. He's all Rudy and Jovita, my aunt Jovita, who's going to be an important part of this story on father's day. That's right. So yes, that makes sense. They spent father's day with, uh, this weekend with Andy and her boyfriend. Okay. And they think her boyfriend might have COVID. And um, Rudy and Hobita went and saw Grandma and Grandpa on Sunday. That means they may have exposed them. And uh, Mom and Dad shouldn't go there. Right? And I was like, okay. Uh, well, I go if they say they're going to go, I'll try and find a way to stop them. Okay? And uh, so I just came to realization. Okay, never mind. I just realized something right now. Anyway... So, uh, he, he found out from our cousin, Roxanne, Roxanne called my brother and says that, right? Well, here's a deal. Alex from the pit crew. If you, any of you guys know what the pit crew is, it's a show where me and my cousins, Alex and Philip talk about RuPaul's drag race, but they're straight. It's two straight guys talking about RuPaul's drag race. Alex has a sister named Andrea. We call her Andy and her boyfriend's name is Chito. Yes, like the corn chip Cheeto, but they call him Cheeto. And I'm like, oh my God, Cheeto has COVID, right? And Rudy and Jovita saw them because what happened is it happened to be conveniently. Alex's parents had their 50th wedding anniversary and they had a small event to celebrate it. You know, they were trying to be socially distanced. They had a small event. And I was like, it makes total sense that Rudy and Jovita would go to that. That's where they saw Chito. That's when they saw Grandma and Grandpa on Sunday for Father's Day. Ergo, that's how it happened. So I call Alex. Alex is Mr. I'm very careful, blah, 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 blah. And I call him. And I go, ha! I heard the news. And he goes, what news? And I heard that uh, Chito has COVID. And Alex goes, news to me. And I go, my brother just called me and told me. Roxanne told him. And he goes, uh, I know. I let me call Andy and find out. I go, you know what? That's so weird that you wouldn't know. Let me think this out. And I'm on the phone with him. I'm like, holy shit. I go, Rudy and Jovita also have a daughter named Andrea. My brother was talking about their daughter. And I was like, he was like, ah, ha, 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 ha. he just laughed. Ah, ha, 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 you idiot, right? By the way, this is more of a, 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 that's sad that I forget Andrea exists. But it kind of makes sense. I'm going to tell you something. All tea, no shade. The first relative of mine in the immediate family that my grandma started to forget during her Alzheimer's was Rudy Lovita's daughter, Andrea. So... That doesn't surprise me that I forgot she existed, right? So they were talking about her, Andy, that Andy, and her boyfriend. Okay, so there was already kind of in my head. So on Friday, so we, by Friday, we had found out that the boyfriend did not have coronavirus. 
So all was well and good. So that's why my parents said they were going to go visit my grandparents. And I said, okay. I didn't think anything of it because, you know, Andy, the correct Andy's boyfriend, went and got tested and it came back negative. Okay. I'm going to sip a water. Anyway, so they go, they visit my grandparents. It's actually a very short visit. They, uh, they had, they were, they had a time crunch and they needed to go to the supermarket. So they brought them a pizza and, uh, they got there, they dropped off the pizza. They did a high and by, you know, that my parents are very, very paranoid about coronavirus. So they didn't, you know, the, the caretaker was there and, uh, the caretaker was there and they didn't want to get in near anybody. So they just, they did a really quick high and by, uh, and they, uh, uh, dropped off the pizza and left. Right. That's what I heard. So whatever. That's the story I knew. Pride 48 weekend happens. Now we're back to the moment where I started. It's night. My parents now are in a great deal of distress. They call me downstairs. And they say, we just got a phone call from Jovita. Uh, Grandpa is really listless. And uh, the woman that takes care of them called her tonight and said that she thinks she has coronavirus. All her family has the symptoms of coronavirus. And they had a person come visit them at their house last week or something and that person tested positive for coronavirus. So she thinks she has coronavirus. She thinks her entire family has coronavirus. And now grandpa's acting weird. He's, he, and now that's when my parents are very, very, very upset. Okay. Not only because now did my grandparents possibly have coronavirus, but they saw them just two days before they might have coronavirus. And I'm telling you, I think people don't believe me. My parents have a fear of this disease that's, borders on if not fully pathological okay they're still you know how like uh, people have relaxed even though they shouldn't have they relaxed since the quarantine started and they're you know maybe i'll hang out with some people maybe i'll do this maybe i'll do that no my parents are still at day one they're still wiping everything down that comes into the garage like they, they it's it is locked down the way it's never changed that's how serious they take it okay so they're in a great deal of distress. This this is their worst nightmare. Not only did my dad's parents, who are in their 90s, possibly have coronavirus, but now they've been exposed. The, the thing that they have fought the most this entire time, they have been exposed, okay? And so it was a very stressful night for them. And I said, listen. So then they tell me the whole story of what happened. I go, what happened? Walk me through it. And I guess they hadn't told me this part because there are elements that were scary. But when they actually showed up to my grandparents' apartment, my grandfather was splayed out on a, a bench in front of the apartment, uh, mouth agape, uh, eyes closed, and just my... It, it, he looked so still and the way a dead person would look with his tongue hanging out and stuff. Then my parents actually looked at each other and thought, oh no, he may have died, right? And so they walked up to him 
and they just sort of like kind of kicked his foot a little bit and he moved his foot and they're like, oh, okay, he's still alive. So then they walk into the apartment with the pizzas. Caregiver is there wearing a mask and they, my mom puts the pizza down and the first thing my mom says is, you know, she gives my grandma a slice of pizza and then she's talking to the caregiver and she says, would you like a slice of pizza? And the caregiver says, no, I have no appetite and I have diarrhea. Now, why a person is just announcing that they have diarrhea, I don't know. But she says, my stomach hurts, I have no appetite and I have diarrhea. So my parents were like, okay, exit stage left. And just were like, later, <laughs> you know, like, this is not good. And, but against their better, and they actually called my aunt, Jovita, and they were like, listen, this is what, what happened. She's like, oh, no, everything's fine, blah, 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 blah. So, of course, when this phone call came in on Sunday night, they were in a great deal of distress. One, worried about my grandparents. Two, uh, that their own exposure. Okay? I mean, literally, I'm talking tears. I'm, I, when I say distress, I mean distress. I don't mean like, oh, they're a little upset. No, I mean they are distressed. Okay? And I think I don't even think they slept that night. And then in the morning, they called their medical provider. And they were like, well, my mom, my mom to be honest with you, uh, she started, oh, okay, this is very my mom. All of a sudden now, she's like, <coughs> I'm coughing all the time, coughing, right? Now, by the way, she had been coughing for days before she saw my grandparents. She was coughing because of allergies, Okay, she gets seasonal allergies where she coughs. Now she's convinced, even though she'd been coughing for two weeks before she saw my grandparents, uh, that it's, it, she has coronavirus. Okay, so she calls the doctor. The doctor schedules a test for her and my dad. They go and take the test. And it takes them, because this is actually in California, Southern California, the, the outbreak has started. And so now people are rushing to get tests. And uh, they are in a, a car. So they've the the Kaiser Permanente is my parents' insurance person, and the one in Orange County is next door to an abandoned Fry's Electronics. It's closed down, but they still have a gigantic parking lot. So Kaiser has taken over this parking lot, and they're using it to do coronavirus tests. Okay, and. My grand, my parents, take, it takes them two and a half hours to snake around and get the coronavirus test done. Okay, but they get it done. Um, I think by the time they get it done, they, because I started to read about the science of it. And by the time, because let me say, they called on Monday, they, they scheduled the test for, I don't know, I think they scheduled the test for that Wednesday because they called, but the doctor had to call them back called them back late Monday. They couldn't schedule the test till Tuesday, and so they didn't take the test till Wednesday. There you go. Well, I had read already that more than half of the people who have coronavirus show some symptoms within four to five days. So by Wednesday, it was day five. When did we see Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. It's actually day six. Uh, and they'd shown no signs. So their anxiety level had reduced a, a great deal. And uh, and I also had read that, you know, by day 10, 97% of people have shown symptoms. Okay? So 
they take the test and it says it's going to take two or three days to get the results. And um, I think it landed up taking, um, gosh, I want to say they didn't get them to Saturday. Okay. So it took uh, three days. Yeah. Um, they got them on my birthday, actually, I think. Yeah, that makes sense, maybe? I don't remember. So, maybe not. I don't know. No, they didn't get them on my birthday, actually. Who knows? But by the time we, they got them, they knew they didn't have it. Let me put it that way. So, during, so during the week that they got tested, I think actually the day they got tested, my grandfather came back. No, 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 no. I, sorry, I missed an important point. The reason they were in distress is the woman says to them Sunday night, tells my aunt that she's showing symptoms. My grandfather is listless. He's confused. He's now showing big signs of coronavirus. So they rush. But but at that point, because my grandfather has bad kidneys, they didn't know if it was coronavirus or if, his, if he was going into kidney failure. Okay. So they rush him, and since my grandma had been exposed, they rush her to the hot. They rush him to the emergency room. Okay. Uh, at the emergency room, they admit my grandfather, and they uh, perform. Uh, they administer a, a coronavirus test on both my grandfather and grandmother. Okay. Uh, the goal was to have my grandfather stay there until his coronavirus results came back. Uh, the next. Day, I want to say by Tuesday morning, we got a call that my grandfather had checked himself out of the hospital, AMA, against medical advice. So one of my uncles went to go pick him up at the hospital, where the hospital let a person who had been given a coronavirus test and had suspicion on his medical record said suspected coronavirus. They just let him sit in the waiting room. This hospital is horrible, by the way. So, uh, he checked out AMA. And, uh, it, see, what happens with people, grandparents, especially Mexican ones in their 90s, is they don't understand what's going on. They don't, I mean, they know that there's some sort of virus going around. They know there's something, but they don't understand. I don't think, at least, I, I can't speak for all of them. My grandparents. My grandparents, you know, my grandmother is, was, was, and had late stage Alzheimer's. So she was totally confused. And my grandfather, uh, I think he was just confused just because of the coronavirus, to be honest with you. And so he didn't fully comprehend what was going on. And so he goes to the hospital. Now, every time my grandparents had gone to the hospital, I'm telling you like a fucking, this be pre-coronavirus swarm of people visited they had a, we had a like there were constant visitors in their room because people were having to switch out in the waiting room to go visit you know because they were in the hospital and like so now my grandfather's there not totally sure what's going on and no one's visiting him so when he checked himself out ama it wasn't because and the doctor said he was being belligerent he was refusing medication his heart was broken. He thought that he was in the hospital and that nobody was coming to visit him. And the nurses, this hospital is horrible. The nurses and doctors, instead of telling him what the situation was, or maybe they were trying to, 
he just didn't know. So he checked himself out AMA because he was mad. He thought, I'm just going to die then because my family doesn't care about me. They're just going to abandon me in this hospital. And so he checked himself out because of that. And uh, he, to- he, he basically scolded my uncle until my uncle explained what was going on. And then he felt awful for checking himself out. But he also told my uncle he just wanted to be with his wife. You know, they'd been, a, they'd been apart for two days at that point. I don't think they'd ever, been, they'd ever been apart that long that I can remember, to be honest with you. So he said he just wanted to go home and be with my grandmother. So they take him home. Literally that day, they find out that they both tested positive for coronavirus. Now, up to that point, my grandmother had shown no symptoms of the coronavirus. She is just as normal as the day is long, right? But within the day of getting the results, my grandmother uh, started to exhibit signs. And, when, and now what's funny, I, would, if I, would, I think I talked about this in the show, I talked about this in emails. For the majority of the time that they were sick, all they did was sleep. That's all they did was sleep. And they were checking their vitals and their vitals were good. Uh, but all they did was sleep. And they were breathing in fact uh with a day you know the night nurse that uh we had hired asked me to go to a target and pick up an uh a pulse oximeter it measures their pulse and how much oxygen is in their blood it's getting to their blood to look for these certain numbers and when i went to go drop it off my uncle and aunt had set up their bedroom almost like a uh like well like a baby ward like a maternity ward where the beds were facing the window. And so I looked in the window. Both my grandparents were in the window staring at me. And I just waved at them. And my grandmother waved back. And my grandfather gave me a thumbs up. And uh, and then I said goodbye. And you know what's funny? And think about this now. At the time, I mean, I knew... I think I knew deep down inside that they were... This was not good. But I didn't realize that would be the last time I saw my grandparents alive. So I'm very blessed in that I got to say goodbye to them. I didn't realize that was goodbye to them, but I got to say goodbye, you know, and that's very special. So, um, for a few days, actually, we had the night nurses, we had people, we had help and they were stable to the point where I was like, you know, they might actually beat this. Cause by that point, by the Friday before or something like that, my grandfather had had over a week and just had been normal, normal levels. Everything looked good. Paul, everything fine. Just looked like he was just tired. My grandmother was actually uh, not as strong, but okay. Okay. And sorry, you're hearing me drink water. I'm thirsty. And I have a new microphone that I think picks up every sound I make. So... On my birthday, 4th of July, my grandparents have coronavirus. And, you know, with this and my parents uh, are, um, you know, quarantining. I think they did get the results that they were negative on my birthday. And they got them in the morning. And I decided I'm just going to chill. I'm going to have a chill day. And I, I, I want to say once, I want to say it again, you know, special thanks to Afterthought, Br- State of Brie, who organized, uh, I guess, a pool among the Afterthoughts at the exclusive tier 
to get me some birthday presents. It was more than generous, and I've thanked them on multiple shows, but I want to thank them again. And I got that in the morning on my birthday, this kind of shitty day. My parents are waiting for their test results. My grandparents are ill. And it was a, it was a bright spot. It definitely was, and I was very, very touched by the messages and everything like that, okay? And uh, I think by that point, I'd sent you guys a message that, look, this is going on, and... And I think you guys had said wonderful things. And it's very nice of you. I just, want, I just wanted to keep you guys up to date because I realized that for the coming next couple of weeks, I was going to be basically running at 70%. You know, you weren't going to be getting this Joe Batance. You were going to get shows that had been recorded already. Or like, for instance, Throwing Down. God, thank God for Pride 48 Weekend. We recorded Throwing Down. So I had a Throwing Down in the can. And... Uh, you know, and we had Shady Pines, and but we weren't going to do the pit crew. It, it was basically, I knew there were going to be certain shows that didn't run. And I, and, I, and I really honestly thank you guys and hope, and hope you guys understand that uh, I wanted to run those shows. And, but, you know, this last week was pretty rough. So in the middle of the day, I'm watching um, Unsolved Mysteries. Okay. And... Uh, I'm in the middle of this Unsolved Mysteries, the first episode. I'm in the middle of the first episode of Unsolved Mysteries. And my parents say, can you come downstairs? And they go, we have, and then my mom's crying. And she says, we have very bad news. She says, it looks like your grandma's taking a turn for the worse. And they're going to rush her to the hospital. And she's probably going to die today. And... They said, no, they weren't going to take her to the hospital. They were going to monitor her, sit there and take her to the hospital at that point. Because then there's a funny thing that happens. But anyway, well, but they took her to the hospital. And um, she goes, I'm sorry that your grandma might die on your birthday. And I said, you know, <clears throat> if she actually dies, if she actually dies, I will be very touched. Because... Uh, my grandmother, and there will be other another episode where I tell stories about my grandparents, and that'll be optional for people who want to listen. But my grandmother was a very, very dramatic person. Very dramatic, okay? Uh, I, and I definitely got a lot of her traits. And she was a drama queen. And my, there's a story my mom always told, <clears throat> which is, I mean, I've heard this story my whole life, that the day I was born, the nurses had taken me out of my mom's arms and were a, they were about to hand them to my dad so he could hold me for the first time and my grandmother burst into the hospital room and grabbed the baby from the, from the nurse and uh, she actually helped me before my dad did and my mom was just like what the my grandma you know so dramatic so I said look she made a big entrance on my birthday I would love it I would be touched I would be so honored if she made the big eggs on my birthday and uh, I left them alone. I, th- I let them be alone. And I went to my bedroom and I just sobbed. I sobbed and I sobbed and I sobbed and I cried. And I called Alex from the pit crew and we cried together. <clears throat> I texted Philip, but he didn't answer. I called my f- cousin Natalie. I called people and I texted people. <clears throat> And I also texted my cousin Richard. Now, for those of you who are new to the show, I have a gay cousin named Richard. Uh, he's a week younger than me and gay. And the reason, you, if you're new, you haven't heard about him, is 
uh, two years ago, actually, exactly. <clears throat> I shouldn't say we had a falling out. He had a falling out with me that was mysterious. For two years, it's been mysterious why he stopped talking to me. And so I just texted him and said, listen, this is going on. I thought you should know. And he called me almost immediately. <clears throat> and we had a good talk. I found out why he stopped talking to me. It was boring. I thought it was going to be super... I thought it would be like, I heard catching up and all the horrible things you said about me. I never want to talk to you. No, no. Uh, he's fighting with his family. And I talked to his sister, Natalie. And he didn't want to talk... To, if I talked to his sister, Natalie, he didn't want to talk to me. And I was like, oh, well, there you go. Okay. And so, uh, he, uh, we talked for like 90 minutes of that, you know, and Cameron texted me on my birthday, not on my grandma, but I, it was a bit, my birthday was weird. Cameron texted me, uh, Aiden texted me, Richard texted me, uh, all these people. Now Richard texted me because of my grandma and, but, but uh, people that, uh, other people have come out of the woodwork for my parents and for myself that we had lost touch with because my grandmother passed away. Um, or, you know, spoiler alert. <laughs> so, um, but, I, you know, my grandma did not pass away on my birthday. She did go to the hospital. Uh, she never left the hospital. Uh, and uh, she passed away on Tuesday, July 7th. And, uh, but... I, I, you know, I, before we get go on, the one thing I will say is I've learned a great deal about myself in this because this is actually the first big, close, direct relative that I've lost in a very long time. And I think when my other grandmother died twenty years ago, I was still too young to know myself that much, you know. And she also had a much longer, drawn out illness. Uh, she had cancer. And so that one, I think, is a whole different animal. But very similar, actually, in that I think I've learned, taking those two into account, th uh, about my grieving process and how I approach things. And it is that, you know, I grieve heavily once it's, uh, once it's confirmed as terminal. That's when I grieve, okay? And I grieve, and I grieve, and I cry, and then when I'm done crying, then I'm like, okay, well, I, the acceptance comes early on, before the person dies. And so, uh, I would not, not, not that I didn't cry other times. It wasn't like I was like, oh, ha, 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 dancing. No, I, even, even to this day, I, I haven't done it in this episode, but I choke up sometimes talking about... My grandparents. Then it's going to happen. It might happen for years. You know, they are very, probably when I do the episode talking about them, I'll probably choke up a lot. But um, you know, uh, but in terms of the death, uh, so what happened actually is on Tuesday I'd see, I'd seen my brother Monday for some reason. I can't remember why. And he had given me my birthday present because he didn't see me. I'm like, my brother, my brother now is super freaked out by the coronavirus. He's not leaving his house. And so he had given me his, my birthday present and uh, I'd forgotten it. I'd forgotten it. And so I had to take him something. I can't remember what it was on Tuesday morning. And so I went there to take him whatever it was, but also to pick up my birthday present, pick up a few other items. 
And while we were there, I decided that, uh, you know, one of the gifts that the Afterthoughts gave me was a just a random lump of $250 cash. And so I was like, huh. Which the funny story about that is when they gave it to me, they gave it with the proviso that uh, they're like, you can use it on yourself or you may just donate it to undergrad prep. And I was like, fuck. <sighs> I guess I'll just don't the right thing to do. They gave me all these. They gave me other amazing gifts. I'm like, I got other amazing gifts and that's amazing. And I'm just going to donate it to undergrad prep. And then that day I went to go check my P.O. box for my companies and there was a big fat fucking check from Walt Disney Company. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to splurge on myself. I deserve it. I'm going to consider this my birth. My grandma didn't give me a birthday gift this year. Thank you, Afterthought, for buying my grandma's gir- my grandma and grandpa's birthday gift present for me. So I uh, go on Apple Store on my phone and I buy some AirPods Pro. Well, the way the Apple Stores are doing it now is I had to, it's a socially distanced thing, and so I had a scheduled appointment for 1.30 to pick them up. Well, this is like 10.30 or 11. So I'm like, I told my brother, I'm going to hang out here for a few hours so I have to go pick them up. And he's like, okay. But I want to say it was about, I don't know the exact time, but about a half hour into my being there, that my mom calls, tearful, and says that my grandmother had passed away. And um, we knew it was coming. They had told us her body was shutting down and they had gone into uh, comfort care where basically, and we knew it was a matter of time because they had gone into the mode where they were just going to make her comfortable and um, and ease her passing. And so to focus on my grandmother a little bit, I was, I wouldn't say happy, but... Um, I was very, I guess, relief or, uh, I don't know, a a mix of emotions. You know, obviously sadness, you're going to miss this person. But, you know, just focus on my grandmother a little bit is, and again, you'll hear stories that are just fucking insane. In fact, there's so many that I'm, I'm trying to even narrow them down. But she was a spitfire, you know? And, uh, she was a force of nature, and before the coronavirus, Alzheimer's had taken her away from us years ago, two or three years ago, maybe. That was the last, the last little flicker of her uh, personality vanished. So by this point, she was just a shell of who she was, you know. So I had, I had already mourned my grandmother's passing two or three years ago because that person the soul of who she was was gone don't get me wrong there were obviously glimmers of it here and there it's sort of the way um uh the alzheimer's work you know and um So that's what, you know, my grandmother's passing was a little easier because of that. Because she, by that point already, she, you know, her her body was well. But her she, that's the thing, too, is like, I felt she had been released from the prison that was her mind. From the prison that was Alzheimer's. Finally, her soul had been released, you know. And she was free. She was back to her old spirit, you know. Had, almost like a genie from a bottle. 
she had been released from the lamp. Okay. The other thing too is, and and this is the second part I want to get to with my grandparents is that losing them has, if anything, it's so bizarre, reaffirmed my faith in a higher power. Now, I'll use language that I think is more comfortable for people who feel a certain way, but the reality is I don't believe that we, um, the, uh, personally, I don't I mean, I don't, I don't know what the reality is, but I don't personally believe that, you know, everyone's wearing white flowy robes and strumming harps and, you know, walking around in clouds, okay? I don't know what it is. I think, in fact, I think what an afterlife is is so beyond our comprehension that I I don't I don't know what to make of it. Okay. And um, but I do. But if we were to put it in human terms, uh, that we all can understand is you know one thing you should know was. My grandmother was very, 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 very close to her sister. And when her sister passed a little over 10 years ago, I would say a little bit of my grandmother died that day as well. She was never the same, you know? And uh, and so I was very happy. Let me tell you this. You know, because of Alzheimer's, my grandmother... Uh, a few times wandered away from uh, her home and um, the police had to go find them every single time. I don't think it happened about between three and eight times. I don't know. But nearly every single time after uh, they found her, she would say she was walking on her way to her sister's house. And when the Alzheimer's had finally taken over and she'd forgotten things, she would constantly ask about people, especially dead people, and ask about how they were doing. And uh, she would ask about how her sister was doing. And sometimes I always struggled. Do I lie to them? Do I not lie to them? And I, I, 50-50, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I just told her she had passed. And sometimes I said, you know, oh, she's at home. She's hanging out. She's good. You know? I preferred to lie, to be honest with you. Why would I try? Why would I want to... If she had forgotten, why would I want to break her heart all over again? You know? So, uh, so, so her passing, again, like I said, uh, I learned about my grieving process and I learned about that my, my faith has been reaffirmed. I don't know if I necessarily belong to a particular religion, but definitely my belief in the afterlife has been just, it's something I'm just more sure of than I've ever been of anything. And I'll tell you about some weird coincidences that have happened too. That we all have these stories, but it is very strange. So now it's on to my grandfather. So now the, my grandmother passes and now the focus goes to my grandfather who now by this point had been strong, but was starting to, his health was starting to slip. And my uncles made the choice that I agree with that they were going to uh, not tell him until he was stronger, you know, prepare for the worst, pray for the best until he was stronger. They weren't going to tell him that my grandmother had passed. So I will be honest with you to be upfront. 
uh, he never got to the strength that they were able to tell him that my grandmother passed. And I actually take great comfort in that too. My grandfather never was on this planet with a broken heart. That the wife, he checked himself out of the hospital to be with her. That's how much he missed her. That he, uh, He never lived a moment on this earth where he thought he had lost her. So, you know, to be honest with you, between my grandmother passing and his passing, you know, there's not much to say. It was just a waiting game. Uh, His numbers continued to drop. And uh, on the day he passed, they, uh, his numbers were falling precipitously. And they called his doctor and his doctor said, You know, it's probably time to... uh, He had a defibrillator in his heart to uh, turn it off. They demagnetize it, and they essentially turn it off. And he said they were going to increase his morphine, and that it would be a matter of hours or days. And so, again, like like my grandmother... Again, it was weird. I had just seen my brother. Um, He wanted a few items that I delivered to him. I'll talk about it in Catching Up. And on my way home, my aunt called me and told me what I just told you right now. And again, that was when I mourned. That was when I cried in the car uh, on the way home from my brother's house. That was when I mourned because uh, that was, that, to me, that was the death sentence. And that's when I cried. He was dead. You know, it was just now a, a waiting game. In contrast, and this is what we're going to talk about now, is it's weird. After my grandmother passed, my dad was very strong. In fact, that morning, not that he was making jokes like ha 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 ha, but he was, you know, very, he was very, he was very sad that his mother had passed. And, um, but was a more subdued, normal version of himself, you know, little jokes here and there, but, uh. But for the most part, was quiet. Obviously, he'd lost his mother. It was normal. And then went to the restroom, and when he came out, was completely agitated and upset. I don't know what happened in the restroom. So that's why he was actually supposed to go to my brother's and take these things. And I said, I'll just take them. And so when I came home, I had to break the news, which is so funny because now I, it's in retrospect... I regret breaking the news to them. I wish I would have just let them hear that he had passed. But when I told him what the plan was and what they were going to do, my father reacted, this to my grandfather, this is when he broke down. He broke. And I'm going to tell you, he's not fully repaired yet. He has taken this very very hard very hard and uh he's better i wouldn't say every minute but like i'll use morning and night okay 
So last night, he was a fucking mess. A fucking mess. A mess. Okay? This morning, he was a little better. Okay? I would say 50%. You know, let's say there's 0 to 100, and last night he was 0. I would say this morning he was at 40. And throughout the day, it's fluctuated between 40 and 60. Right? And it, and it fluctuates from every minute. You know? Uh, maybe even down to 30 and 25. I, th- I would say at dinner tonight, he was like 20, you know? And he's fluctuating. He's going through the grieving process. But, uh, you know, but going to him and my brother, I think my brother, in a normal way, is close, closer to the way my dad processes things. And he had told me, but he and I were talking in between turning off the defibrillator and my grandfather passing we had a conversation. He was saying he thinks he's more like dad, but more in control, not in control of his emotions, but more free with his emotions, a better way to put it. And so that he was um, just, he just wanted, he was just anxious from the anticipation for that call. So, uh, I get the call from my uncle. I might, it's a funny story. I might talk about it on um, Catching Up. I might not. Um, but I get the call. And uh, I call my brother. And my brother thanks me for telling him. And he, through tears, he tells me, you know, I was just telling my wife, you know, come on, Grandpa, just, it's okay. It's okay to go to the other side. Uh, and, um, yeah, and I gave him the call and my brother was, okay. He was relieved that it was done. Um, yeah. And so now, you know, both my grandparents have passed within, they, they died within, you know, my grandmother died on July 7th. My grandfather died July 9th, which by the way, is my cousin Roxanne's birthday. And I think she feels, I think she listens to the show. She'll listen to the show. I think she feels the same way that I do. And I and then to be honest with you, I'm a little jealous. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, that she got to share something so special. And going back to the thing where I said it um, comforts me, you know, my faith has been restored. And to use you know very uh, Philistine, I don't know another way to say it, very simple terms. Philistine's not the right word. To very very simple terms. I was so happy. Well, I, like, first of all, I was happy before that my grandmother was finally with her sister. But I was so happy that my grandfather and my grandmother were going to show up to the party together. Because in real life, that's how it was. My grandma couldn't even drive. So in real life, they always showed up to every party together. it's hard for me to even think of them apart. That's why there's such a great deal of relief for me that, um, uh, that they, that they died so close together. Like my grandfather would have been devastated if he had to live without my grandmother. I don't know how much longer he would have lived. So I know I've gotten a lot of condolences and whatnot and people and you know, on, on the surface, it's devastating what happened but um i actually think it's beautiful i really do 
It's very difficult. I miss them very much. And I'll continue to miss them. I want to talk about a couple of weird coincidences, and you guys can read into it however you see fit. Um, two. Uh, around the time I did took off my grandfather's defibrillator, my father was very upset. And so he went to his bedroom to lie down. And I was... My mom was making him lunch. She was... <laughs> I don't know why. Pan frying a hot dog. I don't know why. And I took her outside and we had a long talk. About what was going on and what were, you know, the plans and blah, 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 blah. And we finished the talk and I walk inside. And the house is full of smoke. Full of smoke. And the pan that my mom had been using was like engulfed in flames. So I grab the pan and I go, oh my God. And I carry it outside. And I just put the, the pan down on the, on the ground. I take it out of the kitchen. Filled with smoke, right? Fire burns out. And we're clearing the smoke out. And it hits me. Okay, it hits me. This is something weird about my grandfather that only his grandkids or anyone who had to make a hot dog for him would know. It's actually kind of gross. My gra- <laughs> my grandfather liked his hot dogs burned. I'm now what I don't mean like oh a little char- no no I'm talking burn the motherfucking shit. It's a piece of just charcoal. Like the whole thing is black, wrinkled. It's there's no moisture in this thing left. It's like a shriveled mummy's finger, you know? That's how he liked his hot dogs. I know, it's weird. And essentially, when I looked at the hot dogs, they were my grandfather would have loved that hot dog and how poetic. I wouldn't say that was necessarily any kind of like it was more poetic than I found it to be like a Twilight Zone theme kind of moment. But what I will say, and it does come closer to Twilight Zone theme kind of moment, is today, you know, today was just a very quiet day for me. And I was just trying to keep busy. And what I found, this must be a common thing, everybody I know in the family was doing the same thing. My brother was, you know, sort of doing some spring cleaning. I was doing something similar. Roxanne was... And um, I had a stack of books that I needed to sort through. One of them, I'm a guy right now. I don't have talked about this before, but I love scary stories, especially old scary stories. And it was this big, thick book called Great Tales of Horror and the Supernatural. So it's a ghost story book. I was like, oh, cool. There's a book. There's a whole story about why I had this book in this office. My dad, you know those the things that make my I was going to take to the office, my brother's office? He was taking away boxes of books 
Um, and I said, were any of them mine? He goes, no. I go, let me look through them just in case. And this book was in there. It was a book that I'd bought a while ago. I never got a chance to read. And so I pulled it out of the, of the, um, of the pile. And so I, was, I had it stacked in the office ready to, to put away. So I thought, oh, what a, you know, what a cool book. I can't wait to read this great tales of horror and the supernatural. And I'm flipping through the book. And of course, as would, would happen when there's a bookmark... It, there's a bookmark on the the first page of a of a of a. They're all it's a, it's a collection of short shortish stories, ghost stories. And this one's called "Shut a Final Door." It's by Truman Capote. I don't I don't even know what it's about, but it's called "Shut a Final Door." And um, there's a bookmark. And I look at the bookmark, and it says, "Grandparents are a blessing from God. The Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light, and thy guide." And thy God, thy glory. And I was like, how fucking weird that in this ghost story book called, and opening a story called Shut a Final Door is a bookmark about, my grandparents must have given it to me. It says, grandparents are a blessing from God. And I thought that was, I don't know. Like, I do kind of read into messages like this, so I'm already prone to that. But uh, I, I kind of do. I kind of think that they sent a little message, you know. Um, yeah. So we're doing okay. Um, I mean, I'm. I'm. If you would ask me last night, I would have been very worried about my father. I'm still a little worried about him, but you know, I think he's just going through the normal grieving process. We don't all grieve that way. And uh, and and here's the weird thing. I've been touched by the outreach that I've gotten. You know, the only social media that I've posted have been on my Instagram account. I didn't post anything on Facebook. And I actually, you know, uh, as you'll find out, I'm not going to be on Drag Race Recap this week. And it's not because I don't have the energy or the wherewithal. I just thought it was appropriate. One, uh, my grandfather just died technically yesterday as I record this. Drag Race Recap is tomorrow. It's a lighthearted comedy show. Uh, and also on the public feed, they don't know, right? They don't know that this has happened to me on the public feed. So I would have to... There's never been talk of it. So I would have to uh, ignore it on Drag Race Recap, which would be odd and not really who I am as a broadcaster and not be honest and upfront about it. So, um, I elected, so Jay Ellis and Lori Roggenkamp are going to do Drag Race Recap, uh, this week. And, um, I, and I thought, you know what's weird? The next normal show I would record would be Catching Up. And it's the podcast that I started with. And so what better way to make my brief, after a brief respite, but my return after a brief respite. And what better place to obviously show up and tell the story, uh, the funny stories. I'll try and keep it light, but still tell the stories. Uh, on Catching Up. And that's where I want to do it. I want to make my comeback on Catching Up, even though technically this is my comeback. But come on, it's just telling you guys what happened. But yeah, so my big podcast return, I'll try and keep it light and funny stories this and funny stories that. And... Uh, but still give you a different perspective of what 
you know, what's going on here. Sort of the funny side of the grieving process and death and family and stuff. And, uh, yeah, so I will be back, I'm assuming, to normal uh, speed. Uh, I don't know how the memorial service will play into this. But uh, other than that, I, I will be back to full speed ahead, uh, starting with catching up. And the pit crew, we're going to do the pit crew. Uh, pit crew's back. Uh, all the shows will be back. It'll be back to normal. Okay? So I think that answers the questions. If there were some things I didn't answer, feel free, please, to email me at uh, joebatanz at afterthought.media, and I will address them. Or if you have questions or stories you want to hear about, anything, and I'll address them on Catching Up. Okay, catching up will be uh, a lighthearted, not lighthearted. Obviously, will be sad. I might cry on there too. But I will. T- I'm saving some stories for that, and and it, uh, they're funny, and uh, we'll do that. Okay. So uh, thank you guys so much for being so. Uh, uh, the the I, I I haven't had time to respond to every single message. There were so many, and so. Uh, but but please know that uh, I, I love all of you. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And um, thank you for being, you know, being part of the Afterthought Media family means that you're just as much of a part of this as everybody else in my family. Okay. And uh, I don't think my grandparents would have ever understood that I did a thing like this. But now, you know what? Through the magic of heaven, they do. Uh, Just to give you a preview of what's to come on Catching Up. I used the opportunity of my grandparents' death to rickroll, essentially, both Lori and Shannon. And uh, the way my uncle told me that my grandfather passed was sitcom-like. There's a thing with a PlayStation 3 involved. It's a whole thing. But for now, we're going to close this chapter on catching up. Uh, my name's Joe Batanz. Uh, if you like this, you know, by the way, just do a shameless plug. You're more than welcome to upgrade to the This Joe Batanz channel where you would get a show like this four times a week. Not heavy like this, though. 20 minutes each time. Only on This Joe Batanz. Right here on Afterthought Media.